So, Berto, let's do an episode where we just do tougher bluffs. What do you say? Mm, tough. Good. This is the Psychology in Seattle podcast. I'm your loyal host, Dr. Kirk Honda. I'm chair of the Couple and Family Therapy Program at Antioch University, Seattle, and I'm also a licensed psychotherapist. My name is Humberto Castaneda, and I do rain dances. We want people to become patrons of the podcast. We're still on our patrons of the podcast pledge drive. So go to patreon.com and become a patron of the podcast by pledging a certain amount of funds each month. You get certain things like exclusive episodes and this sort of thing. And just an announcement, Berto has promised me, now that he's back from Colombia, to provide us with a passworded feed that you can get on your on your podcatcher. That's right. The password is O. O? O. That's a really short... Is that O? It's capital O. <laughs> so, but for now, if you're, if you're a patron, you have to go to patreon.com and go to the creators tab or the creators post tab and you, you have access to secret YouTube videos. And my cat is, is, yawn, is, is yawning, is meowing. Meowing, meowing, meowing. All right, tougher bluff, Berto. Uh, this is actually not tougher bluff. Chances of dying among sports and recreational activities. What's more dangerous? What is more likely to kill you? Is it hang gliding or skydiving? Hang gliding or skydiving? Oh, my goodness. I would have thought skydiving. Uh, I'm going to go with hang gliding because... Hang gliding? Hang gliding. Here's why I'm going to go with hang gliding. Um, I, 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 I think what happens is this. In, hang, in skydiving, you're pretty much following the instructions. You jump out. You're like, you're going to pull the cord at this time. And then if something goes tragically wrong, okay, you're dead. But with hang gliding, you're doing maneuvers. You're spinning around. You're spending more time up in the air. You're colliding against trees. So I think more things can go wrong that can injure you. You're right. Hang gliding. One in 560 chance of dying. In skydiving, one in 100,000. Wow. So that's an incredible difference. Hang gliding is way more dangerous <laughs> yeah. than skydiving. That's incredible. I actually didn't think it was that it was going to be that big of a difference. <laughs> so, Berto, we got our Star Wars tickets. We did. Yeah. If you didn't know it already, uh, there's a new Star Wars coming out. It's the uh, uh, let's see, episode fourth seven. fourth movie in the series, right? <laughs> yeah, and it is going to be awesome. And for Halloween this year, I'm going as Han Solo. I bought a very expensive costume online and painted a gun. You know, when you buy guns online, they you can't. Uh... They come in like white and orange, right? And so I painted it black <gasps> to make Careful. it to don't, make it. Don't get shot by the cops to make it look like Han's Han's blaster. I actually looked online to see if I could buy a replica of yeah. Han's blaster. The cheapest one is like ten thousand dollars. They used to sell them when we were kids. I know. I know. It's like, it's not that hard to make, but anyway. So I'm going as Han Solo, and I'm, I'm thinking about dressing up when I go to the movie. And so here's the deal. I am going, actually, to Cinerama. Cinerama in Seattle is like the awesomest movie theater in Seattle. It's huge screen, comfy seats. They serve beer and wine. They have chocolate popcorn. Does, does Paul Allen own that thing? Someone famous owns that thing, I think. I thought he did or he bought it first. I don't know. I don't know who owns it. They often have museum displays of like Captain Kirk's outfit and uh, Nine's outfit from Battlestar Galactica or Six. Six was the girl, right? Um, and so uh, so the ticket was $75. And 75 Yeah. It starts with the prequels, one through three, at starting at 1 a.m. in the morning on that Thursday. They play the prequels. And then they play episode four, five, and six in, starting at about like 10.45 Thursday morning. And then at seven at night, they're going to show the, oh, shit. the new one. Yeah. So you're going to be crazy. like. And then I'm going the next day with you. Yeah. So you're doing this whole marathon thing. Yeah. So if anyone wants to go, let me know. Come, come find me. Uh, and then also, if you want to join us at Sundance Movie Theater in Seattle... We're seeing it on the 18th at 4:10. Yeah. So if you want to, still tickets, you can. If there's still tickets, you should you should join us. I'll sell mine for a hundred bucks. <laughs> <laughs> I actually thought about doing that <laughs> because because I'm like, there are still seats in this theater. This is this is going to be a primo ticket, right? Yeah. I mean, because because the thing is, is now that you can buy tickets online in advance, 
you don't have to wait in line outside right. the, the For theater. Three days. <laughs> like you, you waited in line to see yeah. Phantom Menace, right? Yes. Like how long did you wait in line? I, I mean, it was an entire day. You know, like we got there super. Wasn't it a early. Cinerama? Uh, yeah, that's yeah. right. And then you loved it so much. No comment. Uh, Actually, I did love it at first. I, I was yeah. it was Stockholm syndromed into it. Uh, the, the more I wa- I've been I've been rewatching clips from the prequels uh, this this month, and I have to say, the more I watch it, and the more I think about all the negative press from you and other people, I have to say it's starting to lose even the little bit the of splendor, enjoyment. Yeah. yeah, I mean, there are certain scenes where I'm just like, my God, that was a wasted opportunity. <laughs> Yeah, you know my my hatred has subsided over time. <laughs> um, that we've talked a, a bit about this. It, it actually is weird. What it ha- it had a deep effect on me because so much, and I think many of of my generation, right? Because so much of my youth of my of my childhood revolved around Star Wars. Yeah, that was the topic. That was the thing. Those were the toys. That was the main game. Every time one of those movies came out, it was like the defining moment, right? So. And and even to that level where I think we've talked also like I was a little younger than you and so it was even more real in my head. It was like I almost felt like no, that's history. We're watching history, right? So you fast forward so many years later, and you're like, oh my gosh, the dream. Now and as an adult, I get to continue living this fantasy, right? And you put so much weight on that, and then you go and you watch it, and even if it hadn't been like quote unquote bad, but it had just not lived up to expectations. It's it still would have been tragic because your yeah. your expect my expectations were through the universe. Right. <laughs> yeah, that that's the way I felt about it. Was that people like yourself had way too high expectations for what is just a movie? They were expecting a life altering experience, and they got a mediocre movie. You know what I mean? But having yeah. said that, J.J. Abrams, who did the reboot of Star Trek. That was an amazing movie. Yeah, really impressive. I mean, I was thoroughly entertained, and I'm a I'm a Trekkie and a yeah. Star Warsy person. Yeah, and I loved that. And so, I, and I after seeing the 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 trailers, it seems like I don't know. It just seems like it's going to be rad. It, it looks like Luke Skywalker is in it. I, I hear there's there might Luke Skywalker might die in it is one thing. Uh, they have a, a woman lead and a black guy lead, which is interesting. Uh, and then they have Adam Driver as like the new Darth Vader. It's cool that they're bringing back essentially a Darth Vader character, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. And it seems like they're adding kind of a a tragic element to Darth Vader because you know in the in the original trilogy, Darth Vader was just like this evil unknown. You know, you didn't know why he was the way he was. Yeah, you'd only get that tragedy at the end of the Return, right? When you're like, oh, he was a man, right? Yeah, and so it, I bet you anything in this new one, they're going to have some comment on why Darth, the new Darth Vader becomes Darth Vader. Yeah. What, what's his, do you know the new guy? Kylo name? Ren or something? Like yeah, that? Kylo Ren. That's anyway. that. I'm trying to stay away from information so that I can be virginal. Yeah. yeah have you watched <laughs> the trailers? I have. I got to say, this last one finally made my, my skin tingle. The The previous ones, they hadn't yet done it for me. People were freaking the f out over the the one with the with the uh, millennium flies up and stuff chewy we're home chewy we're home that one and i watched it several times and at first i thought oh it's probably because i watched it on my phone but i watched it like and the uh, like my tv at home with the lights down and just i really tried to get in the moment <laughs> and i still couldn't quite kindle that you know what did it for me yeah. when i went to e3 this year and i went and i played and i saw uh, Battlefront, the the yeah. new Star Wars yeah. game. Oh, then I felt it, and then I think that brought back some of the spark in me. Oh, and then now I've watched this trailer. The, the prequels uh, snuffed out your spark. It snuffed out the spark, but the the video game because the, the game, video game is just essentially Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, and it has this like visceral moment in the in the what they were showing in this huge massive screen, and it felt so real and it was so awesome. Yeah. So that that ignited like the the how do you call that um, the Star in the in the fireplace the kindling the kindling yeah the kindling and um so then when i saw this new preview i finally felt the tingle yeah well the the new the new preview shows way more yeah. of the movie and the music yeah the music was perfect it was yeah like, 
Yeah, and like like when the Millennium, I'm getting tingles. The Millennium Falcon is 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 weaving through the fallen Star Destroyer. Yeah, and they play that tragic music. Yep. That you know that tragedy music they play. Yeah. Like that. That's what when that's that, Leia's theme. I think is it Leia's theme? Yeah. It's like a sad song. Yeah. Um. And so, oh, it's just gonna be awesome. And by the way, the Battlefront game looks so awesome. I've literally watched gameplay videos for hour <laughs> for hours, and I I bought a new Xbox One. So you could. Just so I could play that game. Dude, we got to play it. Okay. Uh, I bought the um, Halo edition that comes with one through four, like, on it or something. Is is Microsoft going to, like, a download version now? It seems like... Well, they're th- still selling, uh, but but you can now get most games digitally. That's interesting. But you can, you'll still buy a Halo 5 on disc. Can you get me a copy? Mm, not, I don't have pull with Microsoft. Why would I? You don't know anyone? Why? I don't. Why would I know anyone? <laughs> Actually, I think I know someone who works for three four three. You did? Well, then ask them. Yeah, um, but yeah, Halo Five looks like it's going to be new too. Uh, yeah, Halo Five is brand new. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, everyone. This is not psychology talk. This is <laughs> nerd talk. Although, let's just let's just let's just get into nerd talk. Sometimes I just say, you know what? Screw you, listeners. I'm just going to do nerd talk today. <laughs> um, oh, oh, have you seen Mr. Robot? The TV show? Yeah. No. You got to see like it, man. A hacker or something. It is really good. It's like it's it's like Dexter meets um, House of Cards. Mm-hmm. It has a House of Cards cine- cinematography to it. Mm-hmm. It also has. He's sort of like a Dexter character, and he's that. like a computer guy, right? Yeah. Okay. And he's sort of like Dexter, and you you hear his inner dialogue, and he feels really disconnected to people. He's got like Aspergers or something, something like that. And he is. It's he gets wrapped up in this in this, you know, scandal and it has twists and turns to the story. Okay, that, so you're you're endorsing this show. I should watch this. I'm highly endorsing okay. it. It's it's ten episodes. It's cool. it's really great. Yeah. Uh do you wanna see you wanna hear the movies I've watched lately? Oh yeah, because I watched some too. Look, we should discuss. Uh Compare and contrast. I rewatched Twelve Angry Men the other night. The old original the Twelve old, Angry Men? The old one. Oh. Did, guess what year that came out? Sixty five. Fifty-seven. Whoa! That's what I thought. I thought it was like sixties. Yeah, fifty-seven. That's crazy. That is a long ass time ago. <laughs> and did and, have Jack Lemmon in it? No, it didn't. Henry oh. Henry Fonda. Henry Fonda. They're all dead, by the way. I looked that up. All of, all the twelve Angry Men. Taken three. Oh, so Angry Men on on IMDb, I gave seven out of out of ten. I mean, if I was to rate it on its importance, I would give it ten out of ten. It it is a it is a. Uh, in terms of when it was made, it is an awesome movie. It's it's yeah. exciting. It, it has social commentary. It has a ton of social commentary. Totally. Actually, it's like it's totally like a limited premise in that you know the majority of the movie is just in this one room. It's like how can you make that exciting? It's got conflict. It, it it's just it's a really really good movie in terms of you know what it did. But in terms of just watching it, you know, I, I wouldn't give it a 10. But a 7, that, yeah, that's pretty good. Taken 3, I gave that a 1. <laughs> Ghost Town, uh, have you seen this movie? I rewatched it. This is like the third time with Greg Kinnear and Ricky Gervais. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen that. Yeah, Ghost Town. I gave it an 8 out of 10. I think it, because it's not only funny, because Ricky Gervais and Greg Kinnear are funny, but it also has some interesting <sighs> commentary on human nature, Ghost Town got to see that movie it had quincy 12 angry men had quincy yeah jack klugman yeah okay who was also in um the where i know that guy from not only from quincy is odd couple and i think that's why i got confused because wasn't there another odd couple with jack lemon in it yeah that's why i got confused yeah okay uh but jack lemon was the prissy guy Prissy. yeah Yeah, (laughs) i saw bridge of spies with tom hanks oh the new um Steve, is that good? Steven Spielberg movie. I gave it seven out of ten. I, I might demote it to six. It, it, yeah, it's good. It does what it set out to do. It's kind of slow. Mm-hmm. It's basically just about Tom Hanks. He's just negotiating this situation. Well, the first half of the movie is about him defending a Russian spy okay. in America, which is interesting. The, and then the second part is him negotiating so, okay. uh, exchange of spies, and it. The most interesting part about the movie to me was the period piece aspect of it. Right. Because you know Steven Spielberg spares no expense and really researches it. And this was, I think, in the 50s. 
and Cold so war like yeah that kind of thing. okay and you really get a sense for what was going on not only in berlin but in the united states at the time wow. and so anyway did I, you see the martian i did oh my god we should talk about the martian let's talk about it <laughs> I gave it a 7 out of 10. I liked it a lot. 7 out of 10 for me is means I like it. I would but, give it, in my scale, probably a... Uh, do you do fractions? Oh. IMDb ooh. doesn't let you do fractions. Oh, okay. Well, then I, I would probably have to give it an 8. I would give it like an 8.5 if I could. Yeah. I found that I didn't like it as much as people tend to like it. Yeah? I liked it. I, I, I think it's a solid movie. It was entertaining. I really like the science. Thing. I'm a super science nerd and... I'm, yeah. a, I'm a space nerd, and I'm a I study that kind of stuff. But there were some things about the science that were just so blatantly uh, wrong that I it was hard for me to overlook. Plus, his like what? Um, like what? Well, the um, the sandstorm, the whole reason why he got s- stuck on on Mars doesn't make any sense because the atmosphere on Mars is like one percent the atmosphere that we have on the, on the Earth. Mm-hmm. One percent. Yeah, that's basically non-existent. There's hardly any atmosphere, hardly any air pressure, and it wouldn't be able to push over the the ship. So anyway, oh, okay. there's other things too, like when when the when the thing gets blown off, you know, and and he loses all of his crop and everything. Spoiler alert! And he has to shore it up with um with plastic and duct tape. There is no way that that would have held. Again, given the fact that... By the, by the way, you, you have to say spoiler alert before you say <laughs> Given the fact that outside of the HAB is basically a non-existent atmosphere. When you go from, what is that, 15 PSI or something for, for normal human atmosphere to basically nothing, that would never, ever have held. You know what I mean? It, you're thinking of 15 pounds per square inch that's pushing on that piece of plastic with duct tape. Um, there, there were a number of things and, and like when he, the, the climax where he ends up being able to fly his himself to safety, uh, is extremely improbable. <laughs> the, the ability to, to do that with, by punching your hand. I mean, I understand you have to have like a fantastic, you know, interesting ending, but, but, uh, but you liked guardians of the galaxy though. Because they're not, <laughs> they're not trying, they're not trying to, to, to but I mean, you gotta have some, leeway for the but to fantastic. me whenever well to me whenever i see movies like this i'm i'm holding them up to this high standard because they obviously have a lot of integrity scientifically right there's a lot of things in the movie that were actually extremely scientifically accurate in a way that they didn't need to be right and all they they could have added an element to the story that could have really that that's what always bothers me about these movies is like well, but but for every one of you complaining, they probably had consultants that said, "Oh, well, you know, actually, every five hundred years there could be a freak co- combination of elements that could push over the blah blah blahs and the things and the you know you don't think they had some dude saying, yeah, probably." <laughs> yeah, no, actually, I've I've listened to two interviews, one with Adam Savage of uh-huh. of uh, with the author. Uh-huh. And he said that because he's not a scientist, he's he's right. like he's like me. He's just like a like a regular guy that likes science. Mm-hmm. And the author, the author, yeah. And he, after writing it, not only realized some of his story was scientifically inaccurate, you know, just small parts of yeah. it, not a bit. But he also said that he changed it so that he twisted science to make the plot work because he's ultimately a writer. So he knew he was messing with science to to make, he, he said he thought a lot about like the sandstorm and stuff. He was like really trying to figure out how to make this work. And it could only work if he totally threw science out at the window because he thought that people wouldn't notice, which no one did except for people like me that there, there are a number of other little, little details that, that sort of, uh, bothered me in the way, and but but really, what bothered what what sort of didn't elevate it to, I I could have forgiven those things. What what really didn't elevate the movie for me was the way that Matt Damon's character was so silly. Like if they would have halved his silliness, I would have liked his character a lot more. Like by the the tenth time, he's like. I'm going to science the fuck out of this thing. Like the 10th time he does that, I'm like, okay, that joke is getting a little old. Do you know what I mean? 
I mean, I do know what you're referring to. For me, it had an endearing effect because it was kind of the like first a four times. The first four times, I loved it. Yeah, you know, I'm going to science the shit out of this. I I loved it. The fr- but after a while, it was like, dude, it's getting old. You know what I mean? Like you're hammering on that same, you know, com- comedic, you know, spot on my arm, and it's starting to annoy me. You know what <laughs> I mean? It, it was a nice caress at first, but now. <laughs> It's just annoying me. I mean, I kind of like what I liked about it was like, okay, in reality, could that come to pass? The odds are like zero, you know? And I mean, we can't keep people alive in freaking on an island right. alone in Mars, well, right? That was another thing was that the main, the, one of the main reasons why we'll probably never do a mission like this in, in the near future anyway is because of radiation. Yeah. You know, the Earth has a magnetosphere that protects us from solar radiation. And as soon as you go outside of that, including Mars, which has no uh, magnetospheres, or yeah. at least it's not at the level that we have on Earth, you are constantly being bar- bombarded with radiation and will develop cancer very, very, very quickly. Yeah. And so until you rectify that situation, and we have no science for that right now, then you're screwed. Plus, they didn't really even talk about it because he's... Now, you could almost say, well, he's in the hab, and they have some sort of shielding on top. They could have said that. You know, if you had some sort of massive, weird... There's some sort of new ceramic thing that might be able to be thin and light and be able to protect people. But he was walking around outside, and that's essentially standing outside of a nuclear reactor, just standing there, or with a microwave, just standing in front of a microwave. (laughs) And with a radioactive thing right next to him to keep warm. (laughs) Right. Which which actually would would not have been as much of a problem as the sun. As the sun, yeah. (laughs) And so 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 that was another thing that bothered me. But again, I just know that no one knows that or cares. Well, so I took a little different approach because I actually grouped it more with um, Interstellar. Isn't that the name of the yeah. other Matt Damon movie where he's in space? <laughs> right. Very similar, right? Yeah. But Interstellar went like to, drove the sci-fi to 11, right? Yeah, yeah. And I'm not saying, oh, sure, the math works out with the stuff and the whatnots, but come on, like they had uh, amazing spaceship technology and shit like that, right? So they definitely said like, no, no, this isn't the f- f- future, whereas this one was like, well, this one's in the small f future. Yeah. And so, but I still took it with the, all right, this isn't real. We're not going to be doing this. Now it's cast away in space, and so with yeah. that, I was like, I was entertained. I like, I have a soft spot for Matt Damon. I like Matt Damon you know? too. Him and I are very similar in age. I learned recently, and so him and I and Sarah, Sarah um, Silverman, fuck? yeah, Silverman, we're all like oh. around the same age. Um, no, I, I liked it too. Yeah. I also didn't like the NASA director played by Jeff Daniels. I thought his character was <laughs> strangely written. You know what was funny is I couldn't. Nazi Dumb and, Dumb and Dumber. Dumber. <laughs> yeah. Which, by the way, I saw Dumb and Dumber 2, and guess what I Guess too. what number I gave it? You gave it a 6. I gave it an 8. An 8? I, no. I thought it was hilarious. Well, it was hilarious, but okay, I could see a 7. When, when a comedy is, is good, <laughs> I will reward it with a high rating because people will demote good comedies just because, well, they're comedies. No, I get that. But, but to make a good comedy where I'm laughing the entire time... Well, but what did you get D- Dumb and Dumber? Okay, so I'm talking with my friend about this. Yeah, and I'm like, well, I must have given, I must have given Dumb, Dumb and Dumber a high rating too, right? I gave it a two. Oh come on! But I, but I saw it 20 years ago sure, sure, and sure. rated it 20 years ago. Sure. I've been rating on IMDb. Oh, Actually, okay. I was rating, I was giving movies ratings on an Excel spreadsheet okay. before IMDb, okay. and so. So, so you'd have, you had a different barometer entirely. Right. So I, I guess I need like, to rewatch it. That's a dumb it. movie. So. <laughs> well, I don't know. I mean. Like, look, the original Dumb and Dumber, it was one of my, oh my God, that's a new funny standard when it came out. Like, uh, there's something about Mary was one of those. American mm-hmm. Pie was one of those. These are all silly movies, but they made me laugh like yeah. heavily. Right? There's something about Mary <laughs> is also made by the Fairley brothers. Yeah. I really enjoyed it as well. I just wouldn't necessarily rate it higher than its, than its uh, original because they, they, in fact, they they borrowed a lot of the of the jokes, and they, you know, there's a lot of nostalgia in it too, and stuff like that. Another thing about the Matt Damon thing was the Jeff Daniels character annoyed me a little bit. Again, I gave it a seven out of ten. I liked it. So for you, seven is good. This is very good. That is a solid movie. Yeah. I love the fact that there was no fucking love interest for Matt Damon, which always pervades American movies, which always drives me crazy. Uh, which I loved. He and he didn't have he didn't have a family to go back to. He was just a guy who yeah. wanted to get home. And actually, that made it pretty uh, 
pretty honest in the sense that the fact that you were able to care about this character without those like yeah. manipulative aspects it's, that always drives me crazy. Um, a, a, another thing um, I really liked about it was that there was no conflict between the astronauts. You know, I was like, okay, jealousy, and at some point there's going to be a someone's going to throw a punch, and there's going to be a this, and there's going to be a that. We have to go back for him. No. Yeah. I will. <laughs> yeah, some kind of comment on like how humans are inherently crazy and that astronauts can never work together or men and women can't work together or you know what I mean there there always has to be something. Yeah. And there was none of that. It was it was just astronauts working together that were pals. But the but the Jeff Daniels character, I was just like how more cliche could you get? You know what I mean? Like his character was written just really strangely. Another thing that bothered me was in the book there were two Asian characters. Two. Oh, you read the book? No, I. Well, I've I've oh, since okay. learned there were two Asian characters. I mean, they weren't explicitly Asian, but they had Asian names. Mm. So you you know, like I think one was named Park, which is often a Korean name. And in the movie, they're not played by Asian people. <laughs> Oh, they had two Chinese people in the movie. They did. <laughs> Just the, the, well, they well one of the the rocket guy. He was a he was a Chinese American guy. Which one? That he was a tall Asian guy. He was one of the engineers. He was like oh, the, yeah, yeah, he was yeah, like yeah, the yeah. Scotty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. you got you got. I can do it in twelve months. You got three months. You got three months. He he I'm was Asian. Giving her all these but there but there were more Asians. And again, I'm not one of those people that's like, oh, we need representation. But I'm always bothered by this removal you know it's like yeah. <laughs> we had eight you didn't have to insert them they were already the there yeah. and you removed them and replaced them with a black guy and a white woman yeah and it's like there are plenty of asian actors out there that would have yeah, been fine totally. why why take them out what's our buddy from karate kid 2 oh uh <laughs> yeah he's um, awesome uh the bad Yo- guy karate yuji kid okamoto yeah he's you- awesome Yuji Okamoto is the bad guy from Karate Kid 2, and he owns a restaurant here in yeah. Seattle. And I didn't know that he owned this restaurant. And he's like the nicest guy. Yeah, he gave me a free spam musubi, which was rad. Although when you mouth off, he kicked our asses, remember? I know, I know. <laughs> I did the crane on him. Um, another part that kind of bugged me in, in The Martian was when they were like, how are we going to slow down? We're going too fast. In my head, I was like, Blow the airlock. It's obvious. And they're like, this one guy's like, I have an idea. And someone's like, what? And he's like, well, we could, we could, we could blow the airlock. And the rest of the crew's like, no, what? And I'm thinking, if I came up with that idea as soon as the problem came about, surely these astronauts would have thought it even <laughs> well, faster the, than it, I would. More to the point, that's got to be protocol. That's got to be like right. listed in the protocol. But here, here's it's one an thing. obvious source of thrust. But but one thing is like you probably feel about these kind of things because it sounds like you read a lot in these topics and stuff like. That. Like if I'm watching a movie and they start doing computer like programming or something like that, right. like I'm always like cringing. I'm like, oh, what are they saying? Don't that, say that. Don't do that. That's another good thing about Mr. Robot is there's none of that bullshit. Oh, okay. None of it. Even though the entire show is based on hacking, okay. there is none of that crap. In fact, there's even a scene where they're watching, I think, Hackers the movie or something, <laughs> and they're making fun of it a little bit. What? Okay, now I don't like the show. I love Hackers. <laughs> <laughs> um, so did you see The Visit? Uh, is that a horror movie? It's okay. So I don't know if I've expressed my my loathing for what became of Mr. Shyamalan's movies after. Oh yeah, this right? is a Shyamalan movie. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you know, I, I actually have liked almost all of his movies. I, I didn't see Avatar. Have you seen Devil? Yes. That's pretty good. Uh, it's okay. I even like the one in the woods. The um, the village. The village. So I never saw the Lady of the Lake. Terrible. But, Boring as hell. But the village, I kind of liked. So, so the problem. Okay, so signs, I enjoyed. I, I'm sure if I saw signs today, I would hate it. No, and and here's here's what happened. I like, loved Unbreakable. Of course, the, the guy. What's the guy great at? The guy is great at setting up these really tense, stressful situations, and then these like moments of surprise and shock. Right. I heard he went back to that formula. Yeah, and in a great way. Because first of all, okay, don't six, ruin it. No, no, I'm not gonna. Sixth Sense was amazing because it was so well paced. It was so surprising. It was all these things, right? Unbreakable 
brand new take on what a superhero could be and all these things. Right. The only thing back I, when superheroes was not a it thing was out of the picture. Yeah. By the way, the only thing I didn't like about Unbreakable, it, it's it's just a small detail, but but it it annoyed me is at the very end. Uh, spoiler alert: when uh, he's talking to Samuel Jackson and in the the big, it was the children. They call me Mister Glass. You know that whole little scene. It was a little over the top for me, but. <laughs> Overall, the movie's great. Signs comes out. Now, Signs, I was so disappointed because I saw the previews, and it was all about crop circles, right? Yeah, yeah. And I thought, oh, my God, how awesome. Because at the time, I was in love with this guy, Shyamalan, right? I'm yeah. like, what is his take on what crop circles are really about? And then the movie comes out, and it's about aliens. And I'm like, right. wait, okay, well, all right, fine. Yeah. What's your twist? Yeah. And then as the movie progresses, the things he does fantastic, those moments where you're like first hearing the footsteps outside and you see right. the thing, that's great, right? Yeah. It's really good tense. Everything was great until... That lasts like 20 minutes, until right? Until you, you find out what's yeah. going on. Yeah, and then you see the aliens and the aliens are all naked and then everything's super contrived. It's like, why were all those glasses of water? Because they happen to be allergic to water in a planet that's mostly water. Right. Yeah. Anyways, so th- so that one really like started losing me. And then after that, the village was okay, but I unfortunately like that was one where I saw his twist coming, and for some reason that really annoyed me. And then after that, his movies got oh, a little weirder. It. I didn't see it coming. Uh, see it. But anyways, and then people who saw Avatar, I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it. Hated it. Okay. With a passion. Okay. Anyways, I thought I was done with Mr. Shyamalan, right? And he comes out with this thing. I think Devil is a. It's one of those limited, yeah, I limited yeah, premise movies. Bad, right. I mean, that's a hard movie to make because yeah. doesn't the entire movie take In the place? Elevator. Yeah, like they're all stuck and stuff. And it's just five people. That's right. And I thought it was pretty good. So I'm sitting there. I haven't heard anything about it. I haven't seen any previews. And then I decide on a whim to like. Oh, I guess you know it was like one night I could go see it. I'm like I'm gonna go see this movie. And I was pleasantly surprised because it it didn't rely on on gimmickry and and like crazy shit. It was a straightforward jump out of your seats suspense movie, you know. Uh, and and in the stuff that he does so well, which is set up those tense, isn't it like a, a grandma comes and visits? Uh, the, these uh, the basic premise: a fifteen year old girl and a ten year old brother. Uh, they have never met their grandparents. They don't know why because their mom left uh, when she was 19 and she never speaks why or whatever. And they found where they live online. And so they forced the mom to say like, hey, we want to meet our grandparents. So they go traveling by themselves to go meet their grandparents in a totally different state or something like that. That's how it starts. Mm. And then weirdness ensues. Mm. And the weirdness is great. And it's tense and stressful. And you definitely have great jumpy moments. And... Uh, although there's like quote unquote twists and stuff, so it's not like horror, like paranormal activity. Or I'm not gonna say like too much about it. What I'm gonna say is it's a it's a legitimate movie. The guy's redeemed himself in my eyes. I was pleasantly surprised. Very en- enjoyable. I, I jumped out of my seat several times. <laughs> I saw Walk of Shame. I gave it a five out of ten. What's that one? It's Elizabeth Banks, and she goes out on the town one night. And she loses her cell phone and her car keys, and she has to make a really long walk of shame back to her house, back to her home, and she can't get back it's home. It's a co- comedy. It's a comedy, okay. and and she's trying to make it back because she has an opportunity for her career. If Which she, one's Elizabeth Banks? She's Is she uh, the wife in Thirty Rock that goes kidnapped in in Russia or something. Yeah, she. Yeah, well, the wife. She was. She was the, Jack Donaghy's young girlfriend, yeah, the, that the blonde one. one. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I rewatched Boogie Nights. <gasps> one of my favorites. I only gave it a 7 out of 10. Really? I think when I saw it when it came out in 97, I absolutely would have given it an 8 or a 9. But re- and, and it's still, a, again, a very, very good movie. But it, it seems to have, I don't know, it just doesn't have the... It's a funny movie. It's it silly. Some inches in the process. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's a great movie. It it has all the things you want in a pulp fictiony. Yeah. P.T. Anderson kind of movie, but it just doesn't have the weight, I guess, of a movie that I want for sure, it sure. to elevate it. You know. You know why I love it. I, I you know why I would give it at least an eight. Why? Because it's got a certain song in it. Oh yeah. Oh. Oh no. Wait. Yeah. yeah oh that that, yeah, that song. That's yeah. Yeah. The song. Oh, you're a lonely boy. Yeah. And, and the scene is very well prepared. You know. When that came out, I was like, oh yeah. <laughs> uh, I rewatched B movie with Jerry Seinfeld that plays a CGI <laughs> oh, yeah. B. Yeah. Give that a six out of ten. It's, it's pretty good. <laughs> it's not as bad as people said it was. <laughs> no. Metascore was fifty four. Yeah. Uh, I watched a movie called Death of a President. This was really interesting. I'm surprised I never even heard of this before. Have you heard of this movie? Uh, I don't think so. 06, so nine years ago, 
some British people make a movie about a fictional account of George Bush being murdered. Is, is this the one with Jeff Daniels or something? Uh, no, no, I don't think so. They they basically they made it. It's a documentary, mockumentary style uh-huh. movie. <gasps> Where, oh, where George familiar. Bush gets assassinated yeah. and and then Dick Cheney becomes president and oh whoa and they're interviewing the the Secret Service guys and other people and it's and then you know things happen afterwards and it's I actually see. kind of prescient in terms of like Syria is involved and oh. and they try to find the killer and they're interviewing Muslim people and what'd you give it? I gave it a five out of ten. Oh, okay, it, you know it's it's fairly low production. You know it's mm-hmm. not made by the greatest of filmmakers, but I thought it was interesting. And then of course, Dumb and Dumber Two, I gave an eight. A movie called Life of Crime it came out two years ago that was sort of under the radar, but even though it has Jennifer Aniston and Tim Robbins and a guy I really love, John Hawks. Um, and uh, most death is in it. <laughs> it's a period piece from the seventies where yeah, I don't know. I thought it was pretty good. I I gave it a seven out of ten. Life of Crime, Jennifer Aniston. That it's, sounds familiar. I it's wonder. a comedy in which Jennifer Aniston is a housewife and she gets kidnapped. Oh, I saw that one. Okay, I did. I I knew it sounded familiar. Okay, I I kind of liked it. Okay, <laughs> I saw Unbroken, which is about the American who he's a he's a a marathon runner in uh, the 30s, and then he gets enlisted. Is this based on a real... Yeah, he gets enlisted. Oh, I I remember the preview. He's lifting some log or something. Yeah, it's directed by Angelina Jolie. What? And written by the Coen brothers. Yeah. Directed by Angelina? Yeah. Good? And very good. I gave it a 7 out of 10. Holy crap. It's a, a, you know, true, true account. It's it's not very fast. It's fairly slow because essentially it's just him experiencing a lot of horrible things, and you you just can't believe how many horrible things. Like you think you know, oh yeah, I could see how many horrible. No, he experienced because there was there's a whole there's a whole the main thing I remember from the preview is that he gets captured by the Japanese and he's right. in a he's in a prison. But that's the last third of the movie. Oh, he experiences a whole lot of shit before that. Whoa, a lot of horrible things before but, that. But you know what though? It's not surprising. Surprising that Angelina would be a good director because she is a graduate, an alum of Hackers. <laughs> <laughs> I saw rewatch The Island with Scarlett Johansson and Ewan McGregor. It's, uh, it's uh, yes, directed right. by uh, Michael Bay. Isn't that based on Philip K. Dick short story? I don't know. But when I first saw it back in the late aughts, I gave it like a I think a seven mm-hmm. or eight. I rewatched it and I. In fact, I'm going to demote it to like a three or something. Whoa. Because I, 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 when I rewatched it, the first, I don't know, the first like third, it's an okay movie. Mm-hmm. But the last part is just all Michael Bay. Do you know what I mean? It's just oh. like, just think Michael Bay <laughs> when he didn't have the budget really yet. Yeah. And it's, it's just terrible. Oh, out of curiosity, what do you know what you gave Gattaca back in the day? Uh, With, I probably, uh, probably gave Ian, that. Or what's his name? Ethan Hawke. Yeah. I gave it a 9 out of 10. Nice. It's a great movie. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I saw Everest. It's that one about in t- Up in Thin Air or whatever. On uh, Everest. Wait, wait, wait. Because there's several. So there's the Up in Thin Air. The There's like a documentary. This then, is a... Is this the recent one that came out? Yeah. Oh, with uh, Christian Bale, is it? Or? No. The main is Jason Clark, and also they have, what's his face, uh, Jake Gyllenhaal. Oh, Jake Gyllenhaal. That's yeah. right. That's right. Okay, so... But good. Jake plays actually a very minor part. The rest of the people are, for the most part, unknown. Okay. I liked it. I saw it at Cinerama, and it's 3D, and I I sometimes grade movies on the way I feel afterwards. And afterwards, I felt affected mm-hmm. by that movie. I felt like I was very happy to be on on sea level. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I felt like the weather had attacked me in this <laughs> movie. And it was it seemed like an accurate portrayal of what it must be like. But the thing is, is the whole time, the, you know, it, the half the movie is building up to the climb, and then the other half is them having a a bunch of a comedy of errors that yeah. eventually happens where a lot of people die, and and it's a true story. And all I kept thinking was, 
these people chose to do this. Yeah. So I don't have any, I don't care. They, they, and they knew that pe- people die. They, many people had died yeah. on Everest prior to that. So I'm like, I don't really care. Yeah. Okay, yeah. That guy died. Well, he knew what he was getting into and right. I'm sad for him, but it, you know, it, it's like if someone plays Russian roulette and they get shot in the head, I, I don't, right, right. it's like they chose it. Yeah, I was less interested to see it because, I mean, it feels like forever ago that I had read the book. I had seen the IMAX documentary about Everest in which, during the filming of which that tragedy happened, I had seen the documentary about the book and I had seen the movie that they had made about the book that had, um, like, some, a couple other semi-famous actors too. But this was like 10 years ago, maybe. Yeah. And so I feel like I've, I've seen that story so many times now, but. So what did you end up giving it? I gave it a six. A six, okay. I will say when I read the book, that thing, like that thing you were saying about feeling like you're so happy to be in a, that's how I felt when I read the book. I was like, oh my God. Yeah, I heard the book was really good. <sighs> I also saw Life Itself, with, which is a documentary about Roger Ebert. Oh, yeah. Highly recommend it. There are some very uncomfortable scenes of him without, because he had cancer in his jaw, I think, Ooh. and he had his entire lower jaw removed. What? When? In later in his life. Oh my gosh! And there's a lot of footage. And reattached? No. So there's a lot of footage of him literally with no lower jaw, and he can't talk. You know. So this is obviously after he retired from the TV and stuff. Right. I had never knew that. Yeah. And then he passed away, and Holy so crap. Th- they used all this footage. But but it's interesting because he lived a very interesting life. You know, to to us, it's just like, oh, he was the thumbs up, thumbs down guy. But he had a, a fairly interesting life. It's so bizarre that they couldn't do some sort of prosthetic or something. Um, yeah. I don't. I think he actually didn't want to. Okay. He, I think he easily could have said, "Look, don't film me." I think he wanted people to know or something. Oh man! Yeah, it's it's pretty pretty interesting. Saw another movie called Time Lapse came out last year. Total low budget movie. It's basically a, a long Twilight Zone episode. And oh no no, I've seen that. Have you seen it? Wait wait. Where Time Lapse. Th- where three people are in an apartment and there's a camera that every day will spit out a oh. Polaroid. No, 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 no. Of of what will happen at 24 hours in the future. No, no, actually, I have not seen that. That sounds interesting, though. It is interesting, but I gave it a 5 out of 10, which means it's watchable, but okay. I wouldn't recommend people watch it. I, I thought you were talking about, there was that other movie, uh, it was, I saw it on Netflix, some people are at a party, like a dinner party, and something happens in the sky, like a comet goes by, and then weird shit starts happening, where like, kind of parallel universe or something. Oh. You know what I'm talking about? I think I've heard of that. It's yeah. like the, I forget what it's called, but anyways, I thought that was- I rewatched Ruby Sparks, which came out three years ago with Paul Dano and his, I think his wife, Zoe Kazan, Ruby uh, who actually wrote and directed it, I think, Zoe Kazan. Uh, you know, Paul Dano, right? No. What? You know, Paul Dano from There Will Be Blood. Who is Paul Dano? From There Will Be Blood. But who? Is the, that the, the kid? The, the kid. The, oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. I just don't know his name. <laughs> oh. Uh, and when I first saw Ruby Sparks, I think I gave it a 10 out of 10. And when I rewatched it, I was less less taken by it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I gave it an 8 out of 10. I, th- I think it's a great movie. I, I highly recommend Ruby Sparks, by the way. It's basically a romantic comedy, and it's an interesting premise. Essentially, this writer writes a character into existence. Whoa. He writes like his his dream girl into existence, essentially. And it seems like the sort of movie, oh, hijinks. It's like, it's more than that. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's more tragic, I guess, in some ways. Yeah. Um, By the way, uh, I had a surreal experience recently. Um, you Do you watch or you don't read graphic novels, do you? But you've sometimes. watched The Walking Dead? Yeah. Okay. So I'm a fan of the, of the graphic novel. Yeah. And the new collected, you know, edition of the, the latest issue basically came out. And um, I bought it. I was reading it at the uh, Pike Place French Bakery, you know, down there in Pike Place Market. Uh-huh. I was sitting down reading it, and I had music playing in my headphones. What, was it La Campagna or three? Uh, the little baguette place with the oh, desserts yeah. and yummy Next stuff. Next to the Starbucks? Yeah, that's right. So I'm sitting there. It's like on a corner, you know? Yeah. It's across the street from Beecher's. Yeah. Okay. So I'm sitting there and I'm playing and music's playing in my in my headphones and it's Pink Floyd. It's uh the I was gonna say if it was like Nirvana, you'd be having a perfect Seattle yeah, moment. A perfect Seattle moment. But reading a graphic novel <laughs> sitting in Pike place. place. So but it was it's playing um dogs from the animals C D. Sing it. 
no, I I can't sing it. It's 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 hard. I I don't even know how it goes really. It's but it's really creepy sounding. And I'm getting towards the end of this of this book, and it's Walking Dead, and I'm not gonna spoil it, but shit hits the major fan, and it gets really gruesome, and the music is like in this crescendo of gruesome, and so I kind of like. It spaced me out a little bit because it's like you don't you don't expect the confluence of of stimulus from what you're reading and what you're listening to. They should have <laughs> soundtracks right? to graphic novels. Yeah, they totally should. And and like um like they do the uh Pink Floyd what is it the Black, Dark Side of the Moon to to uh Dorothy to um the Wizard of Oz, yeah. you know that whole thing. Yeah. They should have pairings like yeah. sommelier type pairings yeah. for for uh, music and things, yeah. music and media. I saw Black Mass. Have you seen that? Uh, is that the- Johnny Depp about? Oh yeah, no, I haven't. Looks good. I gave it a seven out of ten. I thought it was pretty good. It wasn't amazing, but is I Johnny lo- Depp convincing. Yeah, in the previews, it looked really unconvincing because yeah. he had those blue contacts in and stuff, mm-hmm. and I thought this is going to be dumb. Mm-hmm. But in the real movie, it, he does a good job. Yeah, it's not the. Okay. Well, I was worried about the makeup actually, yeah. but his makeup wasn't distracting okay. in the actual movie. But it's the movie is interesting because it's kind of like a watered down version of those those kinds of movies. Like, there's not a lot of action, mm. you know. It's not a uh, Martin Scorsese. Yeah, it's it, <laughs> it doesn't move quickly, you know, and so because they're trying to do a real story, you yeah. know. Um, but I actually read some accounts from actual people that were there and they were saying the movie actually played down the violence really? and the horribleness. Yeah. Whoa. I mean, they said that we were way more brutal than, than they depicted in the movie. Holy shit. Which is like, whoa. Uh, I watched Transformers Age of Distinction. What? Another uh, Michael Bay movie. You know, every once in a while, late at night, you're just like, you know what? I want to watch something without having to think. And I don't know why I get in that mood. I feel like, don't you ever get in that mood? I just want to watch something that doesn't require any thinking. Is that the one with uh, Marky Mark? Yeah. It was terrible. (laughs) I gave it a one out of 10. (laughs) Right from from the word go, it was just like Michael Bay... Up in your ass, man. It was just like terrible. <laughs> Expendables 3, same thing. One out of ten. Just crap. Okay, that one I disagree with. <laughs> Have you seen it? Expendables yeah, 3? Yeah, I love Expendables, man. Uh, because, no, but listen, listen. This is kind of like, it's not a fair thing, right? No. Let me tell you. Fair. I know what you're going to say. Machete. Have you seen Machete? No, I didn't see Machete. That is a good movie. <laughs> and that's in that zone. That's it, that, but Expendables 3, I can tell Sylvester Stallone takes this seriously. This is not silly to him. Uh, well, I mean... He's trying... There's a shit ton of inside jokes, though. And But he's trying to come across like a tough guy. He's trying to make... It's, they're trying to make basically a Fast and Furious kind of thing where... You yeah, know, but totally tongue-in-cheek. I mean, like Chuck in the second one, Chuck no, Norris shows up. Watch and- Machete. That is a movie that does it right because that is total tongue-in-cheek. And explosions and manliness and Look, like I, I will say this of the three that one was the most boring and I would give it a five but I was still entertained I, like how much did you give Expendables one uh, probably more than one hopefully because that was very en- enjoyable didn't we watch Expendables one together? I haven't rated Expendables for some reason. I, I think we watched it together in Vancouver. No, I think we watched Expendables two two. I'm Maybe. just going to, by default, give Expendables one a, a five because I, I remember I remember liking it for it its fun. For its, I, yeah. I I don't disagree though. Expendables three is way worse than the first two. It was unwatchable. I watched uh, Mission Impossible: Rogue Nation. The new oh one. my god, I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. Look, I had a, a love-hate relationship with Mission Impossible yeah. because the first one that came out destroyed my childhood because I loved the TV show. Bum, and, bum, they, and they bum, turned bum, the bum, hero bum, of the TV bum, show bum, bum, into the bad guy in the movie. Oh. Spoiler alert. Now, as an action movie, was it okay? Well, sure. Although the helicopter scene was totally ridiculous. You're talking about Rogue Nation? The, the very first one. Oh. Mission. But fast forward, they started I getting like, pretty interesting. Yeah, I like the John Woo version. Yeah, they started getting pretty interesting. I got to say, this one, I was on the edge of my seat. Action-packed from beginning to end. I hate to do this to you. I gave it a 4 out of 10. No! I, yeah, which basically means 
if you're bored and you don't have other movies to watch, sure, watch it. Four out of ten is you know four That's out of ten. Ridiculous. But I, I I'm trying to remember why I gave it. It's a, four a better out of 10. Bond movie than the last uh, two Bond movies. Don't even get me started on Bond. Uh, Straight out of Compton. Oh, that was. Int- I saw that movie three or four times in the theater. Yeah. Uh, for some reason, I I only gave it a seven. Uh, which is again high. Uh, it's it's a solid movie. I, I am definitely not going to claim that movie is a nine. I would give it an eight because of the significance, and and because you know it wasn't it was a well done movie, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I learned so much. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Yeah, I learned a lot. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I didn't give it a higher rating because again, it just didn't have like a major point to it. Like usually like for something to elevate it, it has to have mm-hmm. something kind of magical about it. And to me, it was a fair and non cheesy represent or recreation of what happened. Yeah. And I was really happy that they didn't ruin it with sentimentality yeah, and yeah. silliness. One thing that was very poignant for me and I'm sure many people is you, you could have imagined seeing that movie Imagine a world in which we see that movie and we're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that we were having such problems with the cops back then. I know. You know what I mean? And then you watch it today, 2015, what what that movie was set in 1990, right? Like the beginning of it. So it's it's incredible sad that you're like, whoa, we're still dealing with this stuff. I know. Uh, Amy, the documentary, gave 7 out of 10. We talked about, we had a whole episode on that. Yeah. Comet. Have you you heard of this movie? Justin Long. Have you heard of this movie? Do you know who Justin Long is? Yeah. Uh, Sam Esmail is the writer-director. He, he's actually the one who created Mr. Robot. Uh, but it's basically about this couple that meets and the movie sort of tr- jumps from different times and parallel universes. And it's just basically a, rom- a romance. Oh. But... And it's basically just the two of them talking, sort of like before sunrise or something, you know? Oh, but in like weird... A lot of philosophical talking between the two of them and them falling in love and this sort of thing. But then they jump from different time zones. And you don't know if they're jumping to different parallel universes or they're just jumping to... Interesting. Or they're just jumping to different time periods of their relationship. Did you like it? I liked it. I gave it an 8 out of 10. Wow. Okay. It it really affected me. Comet. 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 Uh, I rewatched Fletch from nineteen oh. from nineteen eighty five Chevy Chase when I was a child. For people that don't know this, um, you know, we were talking about Star Wars earlier. Yeah, I was actually talking to this guy who's twenty nine. I think he would be right now. Actually, Danny, you know our friend Danny. Yep, he might even be listening to this episode. Um, I was talking with him, and we were, you know, I was telling him about all my Star Wars Han Solo outfit. You know, buying you know, $75 ticket to watch all seven movies over the span of 24 hours. And he's just like, whoa, you know, and he's like, yeah, I mean, I like Star Wars, but I was born after, you know, it was all over. And so I, and I was thinking, well, you must have something. And we we're trying to come up with something. Right. So he would have grown up in the nineties and we we're like, well, save by, save by the bell. And he was saying, he was saying that he really loved Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah, but that's nowhere near. Yeah. Everything we came up with. A video game, maybe? Uh, no, there was there was nothing. On the order. On the order of Star Wars. You know, Star Wars, Man. you had three humongous movies. Yeah. You had all the products. You had all the spinoffs. Yeah. You had all the talking and all the everything. Yeah. And, then, and, and a Christmas. Special. And so you and I, in our, in our generation, are truly one of the only generations that has something like something this. that magnificently big because to him star wars is it's just another movie you know it's just like yeah it's a movie great maybe now minecraft is something like that for kids yeah maybe it's something around that yeah. like in 20 years there'll be like tons of minecraft memorabilia maybe. but, but, but minecraft not, doesn't have the story well that and only a certain percentage of people play Minecraft. Do you know what I mean? It's not every... It's, it's pretty big percentage, though. It's, but, but it's not every child. It's not every child. The way Star Wars Not was. around the world. Right. Know? It's There's a good percentage, but it's not everybody. I wonder if it'll be Star Wars again. Yeah. Because of the new movies. Oh, maybe. It's kind of hard, though. There, there, there was a confluence of the right time. Like, think about the what the 70s were all about, you know? And the... It was like the coming together of the emergence of the human civilization as a technological civilization, coming together with the emergence of the visual realm of movies in a super colorized and effects heavy way. Yeah. And when there wasn't anything like that, it's just like too well, many perfect storms. I th- yeah, that and the fact that there were so few things yep. that we could watch. Yep. 
I mean, we had three channels that literally turned off at midnight. Yeah. And for... And then the quality level was just so high. Yeah. At the time, especially. Right. (laughs) And everyone saw the same things back then. That's right. I mean, if, you know, uh, Happy Days. Yeah. Everyone watched Happy Days. It was just a thing. You know, everyone watched it. Tuesday night, you know, da, 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 da. Uh, So getting back to Fletch. When I was a kid, Fletch was a phenomenon. You know, Chevy Chase was a phenomenon. Yeah, he was huge, huh? And so I rewatched it thinking like, oh, this is going to be a classic. It's going to be like Back to the Future. It's it's probably going to hold up. I'm probably going to like it, you know, because I remember as a kid thinking it was kind of an adult movie, you know, yeah. it was kind of geared towards adults. Rewatched it. It's total shit. He is, have you have you seen Fletch the movie? Yeah, I, I, I love the book. The book the book's probably amazing. The book is pretty good. Have you seen the movie recently? Well, 10, uh, no, 15 years ago. No, no. You got to rewatch it because he is the most annoying character i've almost i gave it a three out of ten i didn't give it horrible but he is one of the most annoying characters that's ever been on the screen he's come on he's ace, ace ventura <laughs> he's constantly sarcastic with everyone and he's you know that guy that always cracks jokes and thinks they're funny but no but they're never funny that's me <laughs> that's that's fletch he is he's constantly from beginning to end cracking jokes that aren't funny and thinking he's so funny. And we're supposed to think he's so funny, but he's not funny. And he's annoying everyone around him. That's the synopsis of the, of the movie. But it, was, it worked at the time. I know. I, when I was a kid, I remember liking it. But yeah. as an adult, it's just, it does okay. not. I mean, how many people talk about, well, oh my like, God, have you seen Fletch? I mean, how many right. people say that? Or it's probably like, try to watch Porky's. Right. It's, Try to watch Porky's. Yeah, but can I was, you sit through Porky's? I was nine. You know, can you sit through Porky's? I have. I haven't watched it. Like, I, I don't think we could actually sit through Porky's unless we had some some beverages. Yeah. Another movie. Welcome to me with Kristen Wiig. This is an underground. It, it came out last year. Kristen Wiig, huge star. Yeah. She makes this movie called Welcome to Me, and it should have been huge. It. it have you heard of it? I gave it seven out of ten. It oh. is funny and poignant. It's a. It's a good movie. I highly recommend it. Welcome yeah. to me. It's a ba- it basically it's about kind of like she's supposed to be autistic or something like Asperger's and she wins the lottery and she loves Oprah. Oh. And she's obsessed with Oprah. She's memorized episodes of Oprah. She puts memorized Yeah. Episodes. She puts she puts in v- VHS tapes oh and gosh. recites the entire episode oh, oh. by heart. And so she wins the lottery and she doesn't know what to spend her money on and so she creates her own Oprah show. Whoa. But it because she's so weird, weirdness, you know, uh, commences. But it's actually kind of poignant. Anyway. Interesting. The Gift with Jason Bateman and a uh, new guy, Joel Edgerton, that I really like. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. How, do you, like, have a secret, like, you know how Hermione in the third movie has that little thing that lets her double her time, and yeah. her hours? Yeah. How do you watch so many movies? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Uh, have you seen the movie The Gift? No. It's pretty good. Gave it a 7 out of 10. It's sort of a psychological thriller. Um, I liked it because it, it rode the line pretty well. Essentially, you're, you're always wondering, it's like, is this guy an evil? Anyway. Um, the gift. And it's actually kind of a comment on bullying. There's a, there's a bully th- bullying theme. Oh, interesting. Very heavy bullying theme. Did you see, uh, it's on Netflix, I think, the, a girl walks alone at night. No. It's like a Middle Eastern movie, um, slightly supernatural. I'll say that. Uh-huh. It's a little boring, but also, like, I kind of forgive it because it, it's like an international movie, you know? Uh-huh. But it's also pretty good. Uh-huh. <laughs> it was recommended to me by a, by a buddy, and I watched it. I was like, hmm, that's interesting. I started watching Flash, the, the, new, the, Flash, the new Netflix oh, series. Oh, yeah. How's that? Um, it reminds me of Smallville, actually. Okay. It kind of has, it kind of seems like it's trying to appeal to, to younger people. But it also kind of reminds me of of uh, Joss Whedon. It has okay. that it has that kind of funny character development, you know, sort of tongue in cheek stuff. I watched the first episode. I like the I always like the origin story of of these different superheroes. Can you even tell what's going on, or does it go by super fast? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I kind of liked it. It you can take it for, but again, some of the science in it is just so so dumb. Like. They're talk. They're analyzing some tissue sample from some guy that is an evil guy, 
and they're and they, and they're and he you know he puts it on this thing and then on the computer screen is this very beautiful graphic of like things moving around and it's just like that doesn't exist and plus that's not anyway and so so they're looking at him like okay whatever and they're like oh stem cell blah 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 and then <laughs> the final thing was they're only found in babies was like these are scientists <laughs> and they're like stem cell blah 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 random scientific shit blah 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 they're only found in babies <laughs> and it's like no they're not <laughs> and why do you need to say that do you know what i mean like like do you know what i mean like yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like that's what an ignorant person thinks about stem cells is that they're only found in babies brundle fly do you remember brundle fly no in the fly the movie the fly with oh. god it's been i actually haven't seen that since the, i loved that movie i kind of every once in a while i actually almost rewatched it on netflix the other day but i'm kind of scared because isn't it kind of gross it is gross it's probably not going to hold up to your memory. Uh, I have seen it more recently, and I still like it, but in a nostalgic way. Yeah. But I, as a kid, I loved it and scared the hell out of me. The Act of Killing, a documentary about Indonesia and, and all the killing that went oh, on. Have you seen this this doc? doc? It is one of the most bizarre documentaries I've ever seen. Mm. So essentially, and they don't even explicitly tell you that this is what's happening, but these documentary guys go to indonesia to talk about this genocide essentially that happened in indonesia uh, like 10 20 years ago or i, I don't know when it, maybe it was 30 years ago anyway a while ago and what they find is some of the propagators of the killings like one of the guys who killed thousands of people uh-huh. he's just a regular guy on the street now he's just yeah. a regular dude because they they totally eradicated everybody. Oh my god! And so the winners won. Yeah. And now they can talk about the killing because they're the ones in power. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? And so essentially, I think it's like well, anyway. And so he starts talking about you know what he how he killed people, and it's just like you're listening to his descriptions, and you're just like horrified. And then he's like, you know what? In order to really make this documentary work, we're going to have to recreate this. And so. He he goes on this long, elaborate thing, getting lots of people involved and extras, and they get costumes. Oh, my God. And they recreate these killings and massacres of, like, children and and, and With show the people it. that did it? With the people that did it. So the people that did it of massacred thousands of people are recreating the killings oh my for, God. for the documentarian yeah. people because they want an accurate portrayal of the awesomeness of their massacres. And and then they start going into this bizarre direction where they start creating a dream sequence that involves like a humongous fish. Like the fish is as big as a building. And there's like... What? And this one guy dresses up in drag. Is this done by the Indonesians or is it... Uh, uh, the documentarians, I don't think, are are Indonesian themselves. Okay. Themselves. I think they might even be American. Holy crap. But it is... Um, what it did is. You give uh, it? It's on Netflix. What did you rate it? I gave it a seven out of ten. Seven. Okay. Because it's kind of boring at parts. It's uh-huh. it's two hours long. It should have been maybe one hour long. Mm-hmm. Um, because they they kept t- there was too much footage that they wanted to keep, which I understand, but a lot of it was like, okay, this is unnecessary. Uh, speaking of the people that killed, they're still around. So uh, you know. Uh, in Colombia, the the whole Escobar thing. Oh, yeah. So one of the the main killers for him, his name, his alias was Popeye, Popeye, and he went to jail because he was one of the ones that turned themselves in towards the end. Uh, and he served, I don't know, twenty years in jail, maybe fifteen years or something like this. But he was re- directly responsible for like I think it was like three hundred, three to five hundred people. Him himself killing and ordered on on the order of like 3000 to 5000 murders. And so these are the I mean, I don't know what you call them, like mass murders, massive mass murders, right? Um but there's all yeah, these mass murder doesn't doesn't it, cover encapsulate they're but, they're genocidal mass murders. But he he served his sentence and he's free now. Yeah. He's free and he gets interviewed and so I've watched a lot of these interviews with him. This is this is an asterisk on that. Other countries let people out way sooner than is what I'm comfortable with. Of course. You know what I mean? That's crazy. Like, yeah. I'm like, for, first of all, why did, no, no, anyways, it's, it's just hard to comprehend. In the, in the States, we would never let a guy like that out, ever. Like I mean, a, so. I mean, Charles Manson killed 
you know, 10 people or something. Right. And like, like, think about this. Like, if that's, if you get out, say, in 20 years, say 50 years for killing a thousand people, then if you kill one person, yeah, <laughs> you don't have to serve us a year. You should be in there like, a week. Yeah. So, like, I mean, this is ridiculous. Anyways, but it's scary to just, like, listen, like you're saying, because he describes, and the guy doesn't come off as a psychopath, although he says he describes kind of what traumatic things as a child he saw that actually excited him about blood and stuff like that but but other than that like he but he describes and you're just listening to this and you're like this guy's free and he did all these things well how do you feel about that do you think he should have been left in jail to rot uh absolutely uh more i mean like okay the whole penal system like we could go on for ages because like i i guess norway has some better system than that is not as punitive or whatever i don't know right but yeah i mean scientifically i i agree with the way other countries do it and that it's like well What's the purpose of the prison system? Well, the purpose is to reduce things like this from happening, right? And the way to do that is not necessarily to lock people up forever. Yeah. It's just that, like, what's, what's hard emotionally is, like, look, there, there's no forgiveness. Like, I'm sorry. Like, after you kill one person, maybe based on the circumstances, let's have a conversation in, like, 30 years or something. You know, When you've killed, like, multiple people, yeah. when you've killed hundreds of people, right. when you brought a country to its... Like, come on. What, Plus, what, what, it would what see, are we talking about? It seems like Colombia would want to deter other people from doing this sort of thing by keeping someone in prison for the rest but of the, their life. But the, the irony is that is how they, they... In their mind, that is how they did it because at the time, they made deals with them for them to stop right. the massacres. Yeah. It's like the reason the massacre stopped in large part is because they finally said, fine, we won't extradite you. And look, just confess to one crime, serve some years in prison and... We'll let you, you go. Know. Right. And, and the, unfortunately, or like many of them fell, fell anyways because they got killed, yeah. like Pablo and most of them actually did. They, so he was in the minority of the ones that actually turned themselves in, went through their sentence. and You know, when you say thousands of people, do you know what I think of? What? The fact that we have tens of thousands of people listening to this podcast who are not patrons of the podcast yet. Oh. It makes, sure. me, it makes me want to kill all of them. <laughs> that's, that's a fair sentiment. So if you're not a patron of the podcast yet, go to patreon.com. Let's see if that survives the cutting floor. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it'll stay in. Oh, my God. What? You, th- you think that's a bad selling technique? No, no. I'm sure that they'll be intimidated into it. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Kirkonda says... <laughs> I'm going to go Escobar on your ass unless you become a patron of the podcast. Well, we got to one tougher bluff, and then we just <laughs> talked about... Veered. Star Wars and all that other stuff. So... Listeners out there, let us know if an occasional episode like this is enjoyable to you, because if it is, then every now and then we'll do something like this. That's right. Because Berto and I can talk about culture and other kinds of nerdy stuff. (laughs) Apparently ad nauseum. Ad nauseum. (laughs) And you can write in and ask us to comment on various things. Also, remember that we have deserving... The official mug for deserving listeners, deserving listeners, uh, which has a a bunch of photos. It's like a collage mug, and it's a good size with a good handle. Spiffy handle. It it costs a lot of money, so you have to become a $20 a month pledger in order to get it. Or I suppose you could just send us, I don't know, 20, 30 bucks, and I'll just just send you one. So let us know if you want the, the official Psychology in Seattle mug. Because it's pretty rad. Berto is banging on it right now. Hey, can we? Um, can we? Are you going to offer more T-shirts to people too? Do we need a new design, a new yeah, color we should, options? Yeah, we should do T-shirts too. We got to figure that out. Yeah. I was also thinking that Berto, you could call people on the phone. Oh, <laughs> like, excuse me, dear sir or madam, do you have five minutes of your time? No, no, no. The uh, pledgers of the podcast you could actually call as a reward oh I see it's not a punishment <laughs> yeah and hi and you could just like riff with them for a what bit. if what if on the phone I sound totally different hey how's it going this is Humberto <laughs> what's up oh yeah no I you talk should, different you should totally do that every every patron that you call hello it should be like a hello? Diff- it should be a different <laughs> weird you should just call and just say the weirdest stuff to them I'm like yo no hablo inglés no eso solo es el podcast yeah. <laughs> we do have Spanish. That's, that's another thing I want to point out, people. We have a lot of foreign patrons. Come on, Americans. Step up to the plate. <laughs> well, okay, you know what, though? Um, I'm going to vote for Trump. So after that, we're not going to be able to have foreign patrons. 
Oh, have yeah. This big wall erected and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> well, that does it for another episode of Psychology in Seattle. Thanks for joining us. Please take care of yourself because you deserve it. <laughs> <laughs>